Welcome back to the CNC pod. We are recording this on Friday, the 8th of October, just after midday. And joining me today, we've got a pretty star-studded crew of, of loyal fans. Starting off first with Al Hayes, the diehard Houston fan. Hazy, how you going, bro? And I'm good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. We've also got Detroit basketball's very own Mike Golding. Welcome to the pod, mate. Supersonics team member. How are you, mate? Good. Happy to be here. And last but not least, Drew Milson, probably the only Orlando fan that I think I know. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, we get right into it with our Hades team, the Houston Rockets. They, they were 15th in the West last year. So I think with all these three teams, the goal is probably who can be the very best at losing, who can actually lose a lot of games, but do it in a really good way. Houston last year kind of, kind of did that. They ended up only winning 17 games, ended up 15 in the West, but they did get that essential draft pick, number two, Jalen Green. Hazy, first impressions on Jalen Green. Is he going to be a superstar in the NBA? I absolutely love Jalen Green. Everything from the swagger to the way he carries the ball on offense, the way he's starting to develop as a pick-and-roll ball handler. Um, He can stretch from deep. He can attack the rim. Obviously, the athleticism we know is elite. So, yeah, I absolutely think he can be a superstar. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles himself against uh, guys who are as athletic as him because, you know, he's obviously stood out as the best athlete on the floor for his whole life. Mm. So that's going to be the first test is how he stands out against guys who are as athletic and guys who are more physical. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how he goes. Alperin Sengun. A lot of people think he might have been a bit of a steal in the draft at pick 16 given – or even earlier than that, given his potential upside as a, you know, really athletic big man who can shoot the ball and play a little bit. Mike, have you had a look at our friend Sengun? You reckon he might be very useful for Houston this year? Well, he'll definitely get a run. Um, They'll be going uh, 12 deep, I reckon, down in Houston. Um, Everyone gets a chance. (laughs) They're not trying to win too many games. So I think um, it'll be good to see how he translates to the NBA, that Euro type of basketball into the NBA. Yeah, that stretch four, that shooting big man is really making his way into the NBA. I can think of a certain big shooting big man to my right who's, you know, probably one of the best players of all time. So, Drew? Ben Simmons. That's 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 who you were talking about, right? (laughs) Because I I am to your right on the Zoom call. (laughs) Drew, what are your thoughts on on the roster moves for for Houston? If we go past Sengun and Green, who are the main uh, draft picks they picked up, they brought back Dante Exum, our Australian boy. He gets another go in the NBA. Do you think his role will be significant? And maybe touch on um, on Daniel Tice, if you like that pick up or not. Yeah, so, I mean, the question with Dante is always just going to be health. Like, he can carve himself out like a, a sort of bench role, um, come in, defend the other team's sort of best um, point guard or wing player, um, initiate a little bit of offense. But he just needs to string like 40 healthy games together. Otherwise, he's just going to be in the same position. Um, buried at the end of the bench, can't get his rhythm. Um, his shooting looks like it might have improved in the Olympics, although that could have just been the shorter three-point line. But like, if that picks up, then yeah, I think he's definitely gonna gonna get some burn because um, it looks like they're gonna um, piss John Wall straight off out of Houston mm. pretty soon. So um, they're gonna have a couple of minutes to go around. Um, and then as far as Daniel Tice, like I don't know if you just need someone to get elbowed in the head uh, like four or five times a game and give up six fouls. I guess that's that's a good thing for you guys to have. Hazy. Get, get no calls from the refs, absolutely none. I mean, I've heard from Rockets camp that he's been that leadership <laughs> that leadership guy that we need in the in the camp. So 
that's what we need. He is the biggest, whitest guy on the team. You're right. I, I do. The, I, have a, I have a soft spot for German players, and from what I've what I've read about him and his exit to Boston, apparently he was even helping Boston recruit players there because he liked it so much, despite the fact that they traded his ass out to Houston. But he's a loyal guy, and I think he'll be helpful for them. Uh, seems common. Seems common that the white guys like Boston, hey? <laughs> can't, can't disagree with that. Hazy, you're talking about DJ Wilson is a guy who you guys had a young, interesting player you had last season on the roster, but he's not returning this year. Do you think that was a good decision or a bad decision? Uh, I don't really put any stock into that decision at all. I don't think he's really a guy who cracks many good NBA rosters. So I think it's kind of just a just a nothing, nothing move. Bit of a nothing. If we move on to, I guess... What is, what's the burning question for this team? What do Houston need to get out of this season? I think what, first that comes to mind to me is they need to get another lottery pick. But what do you think is the most important thing for them out of this season? I think it's moving uh, Kevin Porter to point guard and how he can handle himself running an offense. He, he showed some glimpses last year when he was primary ball handler that his facilitating really improved, particularly his ball handling in the pick and roll. Um, he's he's clearly grown as well. He looks to be at about six seven or six eight. Or is, or is that just his hair? It it might really it might valid be. question. It <laughs> might be. I think we have the most hair in any backcourt in the NBA, and I think that's probably the only thing that we lead in any in any NBA category. Listen, um, I, our team used to have Alfred Payton, and we led that category for a year. So let me tell you, that's worth absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, good. Well, yeah, I think um, back to being serious. If Porter can t- learn to handle an NBA offense, and he has shown signs of it um, at the end of the last season, particularly when John Wall was out, which was a lot of the season, um, then I think that can be the backcourt for the future. Mm-hmm. And then, like you mentioned, Das, if we do get another high lottery pick, uh, you know, we should be setting ourselves up with another front court player, and then that's kind of the the core that we roll with for the next few years. I would definitely agree that the that's the most important two positions for you. And I think the chemistry between those two, if they can develop and start to have some fun and obviously, you know, win a couple of games here and there and, and keep everyone entertained, I think that'll be crucial for you guys going forward and potentially fitting more pieces around this group. Mike, this is probably a bit of a soft spot for you, but how good is Christian Wood, eh? You guys should have should have kept him, shouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should have kept him. He obviously had a pretty interesting run in the NBA and we sort of gave, we gave him a, a shot and he was um, obviously fantastic for us. Uh, it's a shame that he didn't fit the, the rebuild that um, the office uh, put together. Uh, I think he was out with Drummond around the same time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he's, a, he's a hell of a player. Um, he'll, he'll have a long career as well if he's healthy. Um, but yeah, I'd rather see him in... Uh, the blue and red other than down in the Western Conference. The Clippers, think, blue and red? Huh? <laughs> no. I think I think he probably he was probably one of those guys who needed a change of scenery, even though that, you know, Detroit potentially would have fit him, given him more opportunity. But I feel like he's got a new fresh like a fresh breath in, in Houston. And if he can stay fit, he's an interesting prospect, especially for those playing fantasy out there this season, a bit of a sleeper. Yeah. Uh, Drew, if we get into the starting lineup for Houston, obviously the backcourt seems pretty locked in. And then, of course, you've got to have a Sydney Kings player in the starting lineup. So Jay Sean Tate really held down that three spot for them last year. Tice, I think, 
close to a walk-up starter with Wood in, in the front court. But do you have any any differing opinion on the starting lineup there? Yeah, I it kind of depends, right? It depends how much um how much spacing Houston can get on the court. Um, because at some point, like you may need to bin Tice and bring in um Shengun, like depending on how he's um how he's progressing through the season. I think there's like a pretty reasonable chance that by the end of the year, him and Wood are starting and you guys can literally play like four or five out. Um, and, and, and no defense. Running. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think defense is on the menu this year. Like you got to think. They're that, not going like, to win the, game. No, the, the, goal, the goal for this year should be like Jalen Green, rookie of the year trophy. And Kevin Porter Jr. doesn't hate him for getting the rookie of the year trophy. Mm-hmm. Like if you can just achieve those two things, I don't think anything else, like least of all defense matters. I see it a bit. I see it a little bit differently with regards to the starters. I don't think Tate will get the nod to start the year. Oh, um, I cool. think, I think it will be Eric Gordon for the reasons that Drew said with the spacing. I don't think you can start, you know, really two guys who can't shoot anymore. Um, I do agree with Drew though. I think Shangun will be the starter at the four slash five. You know, probably thirty to forty games into the season. Um, and then Tice will just come on and bang bodies for 20 minutes. Um, but I think at the start of the season, we'll see Gordon start or House start at that three spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and can that maybe to, to later him. on in the season, if if Tate does start, he'll be at the four. Do you reckon playing Eric Gordon quite a bit at the beginning or Daniel House, that's potentially to, to get up their value in a trade? Because those two pieces, very helpful for a potential contending team. Yeah, I think Gordon's contract is, is is very tradable as well. I think his skill set with, you know, how he is as an on-ball defender and how much deep range he has and how he can attack off closeouts is is very valuable and, and would be a valuable bench piece um, for a team who's maybe missing some perimeter, some perimeter ball handling, maybe like the Sixers or someone, if we can, if we could get a pick from them. Um, but I, th- I see it more of a, as more of a, um, uh, a help to help out the young backcourt provide a little bit of extra stability uh, and a little bit of extra ball handling to take some pressure off as they're getting used to it. And then as, as I think they build in confidence, then you can probably ship Gordon off and, and, and get uh, Tate into the lineup. Well, I think that pretty much covers all we like in there um, in the roster for, for Houston. One more guy I might shout out is um, Kevin Martin, Kenyon Martin Jr. He he showed some flashes last year of elite athleticism. He he might be a guy to watch this year potentially for them and going forward. Uh, Mike, I'll give you the first go on this, predicting their wins and the over unders for the season. Obviously, last season they were abysmal, only winning seventeen games. But now with the extra ten games on the schedule, sports better giving them twenty five and a half. You going over or under on that? If they want that first peak, I'm going under. Yep. Easy. I'm also going under. Drew? I think I'm actually going over. I think there's like, if, if we take the roster at face value at the moment, there's enough like core competency and you've got two guys that could legitimately, in Jalen Green and, and um, Kevin Porter Jr., that could go off for like 30 in, a, in any given game. I think that's just enough to get you like enough wins against some dog shit teams um, and like the random inspiring wins. I think they're going over. Yeah, I think we showed signs last year straight after the Harden trade that this could be a, a competent defensive team. Um, but that was kind of led by led by Tate, and which is weird to say. Um, but but yeah, I, I just think bringing in so many new guys, particularly Green, who's going to play 30, 33 minutes or so, you're just probably just not going to be a good defensive team. 
um, with with two young guys in the backcourt in particular. Um, so yeah, and and Wood is a sketchy defender at best. So I think like uh, we're going to be trying to lose, and I think there's not really much point if you, if you get if you do get the over and you get to 26 or 27 wins. Are you getting a top five five pick? Maybe not. So I think towards the end of the season, in particular, the last the last twenty or thirty games, we'll probably win three. So I'm going under. Yeah. I think Houston might might have a chance to potentially you know pick up some more um, some more draft picks in a move as well. We talked about Eric Gordon and yeah. what he might be worth. Uh, Hazy, any any final comments on on your boys Houston before we move on? Um, more so just how different this is as a Rockets fan to the last sort of 10 years with Harden at the helm. The Harden era was great. Like we had so many awesome moments and now it's just completely flipped and it's a whole new bunch of guys, young guys who get up and down, who, you know, want to score the ball and want to move fast. And it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch these guys grow. And I've, I've never really been a Rockets fan who've had this many young promising guys on the on the team who are growing up together and and um and really improving together. So yeah, I'm just excited about that. Is is it different, Hazy, because your team's actually fun to watch this year? Is that going to be probably the biggest <laughs> difference from the last ten years? I mean, I I found it fun, Drew. So <laughs> do that, do it, do that as you will. There's some some eerie resemblance between Kevin Porter step backs and James Harden step backs as well. So I tell you why I fucking love it. <laughs> I swear on this pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might beep it out, but you can definitely go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, that pretty much wraps up our, our preview of, of Houston. The team, no doubt, will... They'll definitely be a team to watch, given Jalen Green in particular. So if we transition over to the Eastern Conference and the other team that ended up 15, it was the Detroit Pistons. Detroit basketball. Record 20 and 52. Good for fifth in the Southeast <laughs> Division. And let's talk about the biggest move of the offseason. They lost Mason Plumley. What were they thinking, Mike? <laughs> uh, he was, I think he played the most games for Detroit last year. Um, but I think he was also one of the highest paid players on the roster, too. So, um, I mean, he, I think they wanted to make room for um, Isaiah Stewart. Um, the two young livers and um, Gaza are two young bigs as well coming in. They obviously just wanted to a rebuild. I mean, they've made that pretty clear in the last uh, two or three seasons that it's a clean out. Um, and I think picking up Kelly Olenek as well is, I think it's a pretty good replacement. I, I um, love that pickup. I yeah, thought he was I love it. I think, I think um, he just stretches the floor. Um, he can guard. He's super smart. Can play with and without it. Um, great pick and pop. And I think, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that Tommy wasn't a great guy for us, but um I think similar to, uh, not similar to uh, Wilson, but I don't think he offers too much more than just a veteran locker room presence, I think. He's a triple double um, threat. Maybe not. Yeah. He was yeah. numbers for Houston at the end Fair. of last year. Are we talking about, yeah, what? Plumley or Alinny? Alinny's a great guy. No, not Plumley. No, I'm not, I'm not too, um, <laughs> I'm not too excited about it. Well, Mike, what's your thoughts on uh, Sekou Dumboya being gone? Were you a fan? Missed opportunity? No, no, no. I mean, he just got waived by Houston, so I'm not really too. Um, well, Houston, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn. And he got too, traded, um, traded, traded to Houston for second round pick. And sorry, we got a second round pick. Yeah. And him but for cash. Houston is going to release yeah. him. Yeah, we got yeah. cash. So we paid cash for a second round pick and him, and then now we're going to waive him. <laughs> um, I mean, 
you can't say he didn't have enough. Opp- I think he had plenty of opportunities with Detroit. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of a lot of other guys I'm a bit upset about when you guys like seeing Dinwiddie do so well. Uh, we had him for a long time, picked him mm-hmm. up in the second round late, um, lost him, and now he's having a great career. But um, Seku, I'm not going to lose any it's, sleep over. It's been it's been a bit of a revolving door with um with Detroit. Hey, you had guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Um, you know, you had Reggie Jackson, and everyone thought his career was done. Turns out it's not. Turns out guy can still play. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, what I do like about Detroit, especially last year, I think they killed it in the draft last year. They really hit on a couple of good picks. If you think yep. about the all-rookie team performance of Sadiq Bay last year, he looked really good shooting the basketball, a good size, a guy who could play the wing position. And Great man. Yeah, we... Let's we all really good man. Let's yeah, all rookie team really something we're calling out on podcast now. Well, only that he definitely was not predicted to be in that team. He really outperformed expectations there. And Isaiah Stewart, I think he made the second team too. And he came out of nowhere yep. and really showed some some pretty promising things. So if you combine that with, if we can touch on, pro- probably went too long without saying, they got the number one pick and they picked Kane, Kane Cunningham. How excited are you about that, Mike? Uh, it's not too often you hear me screaming in my own household at uh, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Tuesday morning, sorry. But I was... Uh, very excited when we got the first pick. Um, there was no chance that we were going to get green. Um, he's very happy with the Cunningham pick. Um, I think he's just a solid guy that I think uh, hopefully can be a foundation in the uh, Detroit future. Uh, I hope he wants it. So I go. It kind of sucks to be the number one pick given the expectation because it feels like green has no expectation. It feels like, oh, yeah, he was snubbed yeah. for one pick. He can do whatever he wants. Kate Cunningham, it feels like if he doesn't score 20 points a game, he's going to get ridiculed and so will Detroit. But I think he's got that pedigree and there's no doubt that, you know, a couple of years time, Kate Cunningham will be a force. What's the, what's the player comp for you, Mike? Say who? What, what's the player comp for you for, for Kate? A comparison? Mm. Um, I don't know. To think. Uh, Pre-draft, they like, okay, a, Paul, they like a skinny Luka Doncic. Yeah, I was mm. thinking poor man's uh, Doncic. Um, probably, I don't think he's as, at that Doncic stage, um, probably not as smart coming into the league, but I think he can definitely develop as that sort of uh, slow, slow kind of athletic. Um, mm. Get to his spot quite well. Um, big body, smooth. Sounds like um, James Harden to me. Just right-handed. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just want to see him do well. I don't want to get hurt. I mean, Killian Hazer hurt last year pretty early, but um, just wanted to sort of get through. 72 plus games with um, solid numbers. Doesn't have to light it up. I mean, when you compare it to Green, he's probably going to be 15, 15, 20 points a game. I don't think Kay's going to do that. I think he's just going to get filled the stat sheet. Um, I don't know. 15, 6 and 6 kind of guy. Um, fill it all up um, and just be solid, I guess. We, we hope that that they won't be too cautious with Cunningham. We hope we'll be able to see him on the floor at time this season, but you do have the feeling that they, you know, they really, Detroit, they don't have a reason to want to go out there and win games. And if Cade's not 100%, That's you it. feel like they, they might bench him a bit, which is a little bit disappointing. Similar thing that happened to the Zion, but we'll just have to wait and see with that. Drew, uh, I know you're a bit deep in your roster, finding, you know, knowing players who are deep in the roster, but what are your thoughts on the National College Player of the Year, Luca Garza, and that pickup oh. for Detroit? I see very little impact in his future. Uh, the man was tailor-made for the college game. Uh, great shooter. Very, very limited athleticism. Um, That's it. Can't, 
can't see him like getting ahead of anyone else in the rotation because you, you've got what like um, uh, Isaiah Stewart coming in to start. You've got Olinick in there, so like you've got kind of big sort. Trey Lyles as well. Yeah, yeah Trey Lyles. Sure, Grant, I mean, if, Grant's if had his best at the four too. That, that's yeah. right. Like realistically, Detroit's going to keep playing him at small forward because it's Detroit, but uh, he's definitely better off at the four. I, I, I'm a little bit more bullish on Gaza. I love his motor. I reckon the guy, he's not supposed to be fit for the NBA, but he absolutely plays incredibly hard. And he actually stroked that three ball pretty nicely. So yeah. actually so I actually think you might hear a little bit of noise from Gaza this year. You think his ceiling might be like Daniel Tice or something? I, I think like Cavs era Channing Fry would be <laughs> a good ceiling for him. Just like the occasional five triple game. Uh, and aside from that, like certain matchups, you just can't throw him out there. Hazy, do you reckon there's an X factor for this team or is there just a, a question of, you know, let's make sure that we get there to that to that draft pick in the top I five? think it's it's actually quite similar to the Rockets and that's the development of the point guard. Um, if, mm-hmm. if Killian Hayes can can look even, even passable on offense at all this whole season, then I think that's a huge win for, for Detroit. Like he looked pretty bad in his first seven games before he got hurt last year, but... From the start, the second he took the court, he looked like you know a future All NBA defensive level player, mm. um, which I think is really promising. And and you know coaches put young guys out there who defend, so he's always going to have a path to minutes. It's just about a matter of whether of, of of whether he can you know start to make the right reads um, in pick and roll and start to knock down his open threes. And if if he can do those two things, then I think like he's going to be a, a fifteen year point NBA starting point guard. You still got confidence in in Killian Hayes, Mike, because. The thing that I don't want to see from from Detroit is them having to play a lot of Corey Joseph and Frank Jackson because I like both those guys, but Killian Hayes is your future. He should be able to hold down that starting spot. Yeah, I think uh, I think Killian Hayes. He shot the ball pretty terribly last year. I think he was uh, thirty-seven percent from the field and uh, 26 percent from the three-point line. And just in the NBA, it's just not going to work. Um, Thankfully, after his injury, he put on a bit of size, a bit of NBA size, uh, which I think translated over to his better stats going to the end of last season. Um, but for me, I want to see if Killian Hayes and um, Kate Cunningham can work together. Uh, I think these sort of their types of games complement each other quite well. But um, yeah, Killian's got to be a little bit more productive in offense other than possible. I mean, it's a point guard scoring league um, and it just needs to be a little bit more efficient that way. You can see the intrigue with, with Killian Hayes in the draft because, you know, he's a smooth left-hand dribbler. He's quick. He's obviously got a bit of a pull-up game, albeit consistent hitting shots last year. And obviously can find guys. Like, he's a natural in finding guys from passing. But you look at his games last year and he's, oh, yeah, sweet. He's got seven assists. Oh, he's got six turnovers as well. And he's missed six shots. So, yeah. you, you know, he's going through those those rookie grown pains. And you like a lot of these rookies, you expect in their second year, they get more comfortable in their situation and you expect something bigger from him. Uh, yeah, Drew, I think I think having Cade next to him actually helps yeah. as well. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off him having yeah. to do a lot of ball handling. And He'll often get the secondary defend defensive matchup um, in his favor. Mm-hmm. He'll be catching the ball um, against a closeout as opposed to bringing the ball to the floor. I think those kind of things just make life a lot easier for a guard um, trying to find his way. And if he can find his way in those circumstances, then he can start to actually um, have some lead ball handling responsibilities as well. 
And I, I think that's the benefit of having Cade is that he's pretty much like plug and play wherever you want. Like part of the appeal of getting him at number one is that you don't have to build a specific type of team around him to be successful. He can actually fit in around like whatever else you have in your lineup. Um, whereas some of the other players in the top five like might even have more potential, but um, they're going to need to be put in a position to succeed. Yeah, I've got to agree. With the likes of, you know, in the starting lineup, potentially with Grant and Sadiq Bay, you've got a pretty solid, you know, wing forward rotation there. And it's just a matter of, you know, whether you start Stewart or maybe you start small with Elenic at the five. Uh, Mike, how do you see that that starting five rotation going off? Obviously, if Cade's fit, he'd, he'd be starting with Hayes in the backcourt, Sadiq Bay and Grant seem like locks. What do you, what do you reckon? Uh, I think Isaiah Stewart's going to be a lock at five. I okay. think um, it's pretty clear what the path that Detroit are going to go down. Uh, it's definitely a young uh, starting five. So I've got Killing, I've got Killing at the one, Cade, Sadiq Bay, Grant, and Stewart. Mm. Uh, a bit of length. Uh, Sadiq Bay can shoot it. He, he's shown that. Grant's a solid player, obviously, um, and bringing well, that sort of veteran presence. But Where do, where do yeah. you sit Where do you sit on Jeremy Grant in terms of it was – Amazing the way that he started last year, taking over that role of yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start scoring 25 a game. I'm gonna be the guy taking 20 shots, and he really improved his jump shooting and, and got to the rim and got fouled a lot. Do you do you realistically see him as the number one option, maybe in two or three years time at Detroit, leading them somewhere in the playoffs? Uh, I do not. Uh, I think in this sort of rebuild stage, I think he's a good guy to have as that sort of. Uh, doesn't really matter about his numbers, I guess. Uh, he'll have an opportunity to go get his. Um, mm. And then while the other guys can find their feet. Um, but when Jeremy sort of guaranteed his money, I think that um, Detroit will like, just go and do you. Um, I think with Denver, he was limited with that. So I think with uh, Detroit, he can at least just go out and hopefully just be a little bit more efficient. I think um, as the season went on and he got given, just do what you want, uh, go get yours. Um, he, I think, became more efficient that way. Um but Grant in the playoffs with us, I don't, I don't see us making the playoffs in the next two years. I think it's a little bit longer than that, to be mm. honest. Um, mm. Grant may not even be around in two or three years. I think um, it might just be another stopping point to show that he can play um, and that he's valuable to another team, a playoff team in that matter. No doubt. Well, if we go over to Sportsbet line, very similar to Houston, they're at 24 and a half is what they've given us for the over-under on regular season wins. Obviously, they were 15th in the East last season, only getting 20 wins. So, Drew, do we reckon they could get five more wins this year on last year? Yeah, I, I just, I don't see it. Um, I think they have like a bunch of really interesting pieces, but I think there's like every single one of them is basically two years away. Um like Cade might be the most NBA ready player they have on their team right now. And even then he's going to have rookie growing pains and he's going to be running the team with Killian Hayes who spent most of last year um, out injured. So I, I just, I don't really see a pathway to like baseline competency for them. You don't see Josh Jackson locking guys up all game long? Uh, it depends. Like, didn't he cut his hair last year? Like if the hair's gone, then so is the appeal for me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Samson Jackson. Hazy, are you going under as well or changing it up? Yeah, I'm going under as well. And for a lot of the same reasons as Drew, but also the added the added um, injury cloud over a lot of these players. Like they've got guys who have a history of, of missing a lot of games. Killian as well, you know, who knows how many games he's going to play. They're going to be careful with Cade and they don't really have a lot of depth. So if they are missing Cade and Killian, like 
you know, those guys who step up are just what Saban Lee and Josh Jackson is the backcourt. That's pretty, that's pretty brutal. You got Corey Joseph who I still like, but you know, you don't want to be starting him and Frank Jackson kind of came on as a shooter last year, but yeah, now we're really stretching deep in that rotation. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to get wins as it is in the NBA. It's obviously, um, it's been historically easier in the Eastern conference, but I don't think that's the case this year. I think the East is actually deeper than the West now. So I think I just don't think there are many easy wins for Detroit now. So I'm going I'm going under. I'd be surprised if they got 20. Mike is is losing the game. Is losing winning this season for Detroit? I think so. I think it's uh, I'll say that it's similar to uh, Houston. You want to see these young guys develop. Uh, I don't think they'll go out trying to tank. I think they'll just go out there and just let the guys play. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I feel that as a result they'll lose games. I think um, they'll play a lot of the, a lot more of the young guys. Um, like I don't like Diallo and Jackson will get their runs, but um, Saban Lee's been good. He'll probably get plenty of burn, um, especially in those sort of blowout games. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking the under. As much as I would like to say, they're not, I don't think they're trying to lose games. I think they're just trying to uh, they just won't win games. They're across the board here. I think everyone's going under on, on Detroit this season, but that. Potentially wraps up everything we got to say for Detroit. Anyone else got something they want to touch on about the Pistons? I mean, I no, guess the, the, big lesson, <laughs> the big lesson out of last year um, from Detroit was any time that you can get rid of your um, 25-year-old potential franchise center, you just absolutely have to do it. So, well done, Pistons. I think, um, can I can I just propose something here on, live on the podcast? That... um. If either of our players here win Rookie of the Year, the other two have to scull a beer on the next episode of the podcast. Oh, no. Let's go. I love the next it. year's oh. preview. I'm down. Yep. Can I take, because the Mavericks don't have any rookies, can I take Josh Primo? I'm interested in him. <laughs> you can absolutely he's, have him. He's interested, man. You can have him, mate. He's after a while. Oh, goodness hey. gracious. All right. So that pretty much wraps up for Detroit. If we move on to staying in the Eastern Conference, moving up one spot in the standings to 14th in the East, it was the Orlando Magic. Probably the team... We've waiting for. Probably everyone's been waiting for this. Everyone out there, all the listeners. Um, Orlando probably got the biggest facelift last season. They are in a full-on transition from, from just a historical era from Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. And they're moving on to... I guess I guess it's the Jalen Suggs era now. Last season, 14th in the East, 21 and 51 was a record. Drew, you're the fan. Jalen Suggs, is it potentially the steal of the draft? Him being a, a number one pick, maybe going five. Uh, how much time have we got here? Because uh, <laughs> I got I got 40 strong minutes on Jalen Suggs, um, starting with 10 on his smile, uh, and then we'll get into competitive spirit, the shot against UCLA. I so I was speaking to Hazy uh, at the time that the draft was happening, and when Toronto took Scotty Barnes, I lost my shit. Um, I thought we were just can be... we also say you also lost your shit when you found out you got the fifth pick? You were like, no, we're not going to get Suggs. Yeah, I was furious. I, well, you, I you had, wanted Suggs. You wanted. Suggs. I, I wanted Suggs so bad, man. As soon as he hit that shot against UCLA, I was like, I'm I'm all in on the Suggs yeah, experience. Um, but then, like to be honest. The, the summer league stuff was good, and then he got injured. Um, preseason's been, like, a little bit rougher. Uh, mm. But, like, there's enough signs there 
of good stuff to come if he has a good team around him. Like teams have been selling out on his drives because they know that's what he's trying to get to and he's kicking it to open shooters. And because we're the Orlando Magic, we're just bricking shots. So mm. like all of that stuff will come. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Suggs. He's, uh, he's a born playmaker, right? He was, he was a quarterback in high school, could have been potentially an NFL player and ends up going number five in the NBA draft. Suggs, obviously an outstanding college season, but a guy who had another outstanding college season and he's got a brother in the NBA who's now back on this team, Franz Wagner. What do you think about the Michigan product, Drew? Uh, I honestly, at this stage, to me, it's looking like that one might be a whiff. Um, I think there's a like pretty decent chance that the Magic just saw a rangy guy with a European-sounding name and thought he was a really good shooter. Um it turns out that's not the case. Like he shot 34% in college. He's like one of six so far in preseason. The form looks good, but he just, he hasn't made shots at all in a magic Jersey. And that makes me super nervous. Cause like he's the, the appeal theoretically is like, he's this plug and play guy, like can defend a bunch of positions, doesn't make mistakes, keeps the ball moving, hits open shots. But like all of that is only useful if he can also hit shots and he's not doing that yet. So I'm like, if he can like, if he can learn how to shoot, which I'm not ruling out because he's 21 years old, then great. And if he can't, then yeah, we should have picked literally anyone else. <laughs> yeah, his bro's got a got a decent stroke on him as well, but his brother also hasn't really found it out in the league thus far. I think Wagner comes across as a guy who can defend a bit, but yeah. you're right, it, that doesn't really help necessarily his Orlando team this year, which is trying to establish their offensive identity. Hazy, there's a couple of pickups they've made. What do you think about Robin Lopez? Absolute veteran, hilarious hookshot guy. But I think if we can kind of talk about these additions that they made in, in at the trade last year, if you talk about uh, the massive trade they made with Chicago, obviously sending Vucevic to the Windy City, and they got back a lottery pick in Wendell Carter Jr. You're still holding in some some faith for Wendell Carter? I love Wendell Carter, um, but the the rub on him has been can he stay on the floor? Um, he's kind of like that undersized center who can do it all, a bit of passing. He's got a bit of range. Um, he's He's got some struggles from the foul line, but the rest of his game is really solid defensively. Does he, can, does he really he try hard though? I, I always thought so. Did you not think so? I think that was the knock on him at Chicago. Like he had all the opportunity yeah, in the world it. to become their starting center. Yeah, I'm like two preseason games in and I am out. Uh, he, he looks like he's not having a good time against like NBA caliber athletes. Uh, which is I think a problem. this just opens things up for for Mo Bamba. Oh yeah. Oh. And um, we Drew and I were talking about this the other day. Like, could could Mo Bamba win Most Improved Player of the Year? Currently wow. over That's fifty huge. to one. What's there is intrigue with him. He can definitely block shots. He might be a bad defender, but he can most certainly erase a few and. To it's be honest, huge and his, he can stretch it. His stroke is kind of nice too. He is just like Bol Bol, right? It's like, what a tantalizing Ooh. player, but he just can't get on the court for some reason. It's got to be his defense or his lack of being able to run an offense properly. Or there yeah. is still a little bit of time for him, though. He's a little bit younger than a Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter's kind of, you know, it's kind of his last chance here. And it'd be interesting to see if the Mavericks ex assistant coach for the last seven years, Jamal Mosley, if he can get the most out of them. Yeah, so I like I've been obviously watching Mo Bamba pretty closely this preseason, and I think like the knock on him the last couple of years is he just can't be a functioning part of an NBA offense at all. So in two K, he's the shit. Like you just lob passes up to him. Uh, NBA wise, he just he didn't know where to be. He was getting lost on defense as well. But 
I've already seen, and like one play in particular that's like burned into my brain uh, in the preseason game yesterday, he like caught the ball on the three-point line. He faked the handoff um, to the point guard coming to the middle. And then he faked a pass to the wing, wing cut backdoor, and he slipped a backdoor bounce pass to him. That's something that he like absolutely wouldn't have done last year. And like, obviously again, because we're the Orlando Magic, we didn't score. Um, I think we got like turned away at the rim or turned the ball over or something, but it's just encouraging to see that kind of stuff. I think, Drew, what will you miss most about the Vucevic, Eric Gordon and Evan Fournier era? So to be honest, like not much. Um, Like, sure, will I miss being in the the lottery for the eighth pick every year? Kind of. Uh, But it was pretty unwatchable from a basketball sense. Um, Like, we just, we never seemed to find the, like, we could only have either shooting or playmaking on the court and never at the same time. So, like, just horrific spacing. Vooch was our only offensive hub. Like, Mm -hmm. Michael Carter-Williams couldn't shoot, but, like, I still preferred having him on the court because he could set other people up. It was just garbage all around, really. Um, so I guess, it, like, the answer to your question is the thing I'll miss the most is, like, tuning in for Summer League and seeing someone like Aaron Gordon come out and hit two threes and be like, holy shit, like, this is this is happening. This is the year that we've struck gold. Because that, like, that brief moment of hope uh, was pretty much all I've had for the last six or seven years. There was no no real um, high ceiling on that team. Until the Scotty Barnes at four pick. And now it's Elation. Now it's Elation. Now, now the tables have turned. All right, Mike, if we get you involved a little bit talking about Orlando. For me, there's two players that are most definitely the X factor for this season. A little bit a little bit further along in their careers, these two guys. Pick one or both and, and tell me what you think about them. Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. Oh, um, they're both, I guess they're two different ends of the floor. I think Jonathan Isaac brings length to defense, um, which Orlando definitely need. But I think Mark L. Fultz is finally coming himself. Uh, you saw his glimpses last year. Uh, he can, he's starting to score it, starting to shoot it. Um, but now we, I think with the adding of uh, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, even RJ Hampton too, I think um, Jonathan Isaac's probably my main X factor for when he comes back from injury. Well, that's, there's definitely a glut of guards, right? Because Fultz, yeah. is, Fultz, Fultz is that starting point guard. But Suggs, to me, I'm sure you probably agree, Drew, looks like a point guard and a guy setting up your offense as well. So can Markel Fultz play off the ball and shoot threes? Maybe not. A guy who can play off the ball and shoot threes is Cole Anthony. He showed that last year. He had two absolutely sick game winners. So I was bullish on him as you know a sneaky pick for rookie of the year last year. I thought he was quite excellent. And Mike, what about RJ Hampton? You still holding on to some hope that he could turn into a real good NBA player? I like him. I like his energy. Um, he's got a, a pretty high motor. Um, but just, I think his decision-making is probably what's letting him down, I think. Um, well, still year one, year one, year one, mm-hmm. RJ, RJ. Yeah, he came in with, um, yeah, last year. But I think he'll he'll have a, a long time in the league if he can just be a little bit more efficient in his decision-making. I think he's just so agile and so erratic that um, he can get himself into trouble. Well, he's got kind of that, like... Uh that Westbrook athleticism almost, he can yeah. really fly above the rim. So if you can yeah. unleash some of that, it's it's going to be an exciting thing. But there's definitely going to be a challenge for the new coach. Uh, no doubt with all those guards. Talk about a guy like uh, Gary Harris and you mentioned yeah. uh, Michael Carter-Williams is still on the roster. Like Ugh. they picked up Etwan Moore for absolutely no, I don't, just don't understand that at all. And they've still got Terrence Ross who 
You know, he's almost got 20 points a game for the last Starting game. now. In that start, projected starting lineup. I, I yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of guys on this team who are playable. Like, they've probably got 11 or 12 playable guys. It's just a matter of who you play, how much. Drew, I, I, tell me how much you like Chuma Okeke. Uh, like a lot. So he was one of the like real encouraging signs from the tail end of last year. I think the last month of the season, he was putting up like a sort of 11, five and three um, steal and a half, a block. Like he, he's clearly got like the defensive chops, the shooting, obviously a work in progress. He was at like 26% from three last year, which uh, is not great. Um, missed, but yeah, the whole year with injury as well. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's it, right? Like he played two years in college, missed the whole year with the ACL injury and then came back like straight into the NBA last year, which is a pretty tough ask for a rookie. And I, I thought he acquitted himself pretty nicely. So I'm, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I would see him as like a potential starter on the team alongside yeah. Isaac, assuming that there's enough shooting around him. Do you want to, do you want to give your starting lineup that, that you reckon they'll start with this season? Yeah. So here's the difficulty is we've already found out through summer league that it doesn't look like Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs can play together. They both um, need the ball in their hands um, to be effective. And so you've already seen in the two preseason games, I think Suggs started the first one and Cole Anthony started the second one. So as much as I'd like to say, you know, start them at point and shooting guard, um, it doesn't look like that's the magic plan. So I would say opening night, it's a coin flip between them. I think like Suggs will be the starter moving forward, but it might be Cole on opening night just because he's more ready right now. Mm. Um, and then I would think likely Terrence Ross and Gary Harris um, will play the shooting guard and small forward. Ross is obviously better served off the bench, but this is just a function of we actually don't really have a small forward right now because Chuma is out. Um, Isaac, who's more of a power forward anyway, is still out. So mm. um, one of those guys is going to have to slide into the small forward slot. And then I think um, opening night, they'll probably start Franz and um, Wendell Carter um, for the first game of the season. But I reckon Mo Bamba is going to be starting by the end of the year. Imagine being Mo Wagner, being a, you know, a first-round pick in your own yeah. right, and then Franz is starting over you. But I guess when the goal is to, is to lose, but lose well, then, then things change and you get some, some weird-looking lineups. Yeah. So I think like the realistically what the lineup should be when everyone's back would be like Suggs, Gary Harris, um, Chuma, Isaac, and Bamba would be what I'd expect by the end of the year. Okay. You don't reckon Fultz? So that's the problem, right? Like we need to do something about this little three guard situation because I don't think any of them are going to necessarily play well together. Um, I think Fultz looked awesome at the start of last year, but he's coming off another um, season-ending injury. He was, he was playing around a veteran team there as well, where he could yeah. be the point, throw it to Vooch, throw it to Ross, throw it to Fournier. It's a different situation for Fultz now. Yeah, but he could also make heaps of mistakes because the rest of them were all veterans. So it was like, you know, throw the ball out there, fuck up if you need to. There's other people there to cover you, whereas, um, like, he'll kind of need to be a bit more risk-averse. But, yeah, I, like, my honest opinion is I think they're probably going to need to trade Cole Anthony. I think... He's like a piece that has value. He's got a higher floor than the other two, but a way lower ceiling. I think like when you're as shit as we are, you just got to roll the dice. That's tough. That's tough. What kind of piece would you be wanting for Cole? Yeah, I think a small forward. I think like Chuma's a solid starter, but like Isaac's obviously the future of that position, even if he's an absolute dickhead in real life. Um, you just, you just got to cop that. 
um, yeah, I think we're like, we're pretty stocked at the sort of power forward and big position. So yeah, a starting small forward. Um, maybe you can bundle Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross together um, and get something. Cause obviously yeah. Terrence, like there's no future for him on this team. He's just getting buckets for the time being. Are you just you and Eric Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean currently worst version of Terrence Ross? <laughs> round, round faced, round faced Terrence Ross. Dick Ross. <laughs> All right, Mike, over-unders. This is, they've gone, sports better giving us the lowest. They reckon that this Orlando roster is just pure junk. They're giving us 21 and a half wins out of 82. Do we reckon they will get 20 wins? I'm under Detroit. I reckon they're under Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, any any debate? Any debate here, Drew? No, no, no debate whatsoever. Like, you know, our only... Um, sort of franchise cornerstone at this stage is currently out injured. Um, so mm-hmm. is our other small forward. We're starting like fucking Gary Harris, who is actually perfect for us because he's like a theoretical shooter, um, can guard a couple of positions, but he's not going to contribute to winning basketball on a bad team um, mm-hmm. in the way that he might on a good team. So yeah, there's there's no there's no like good ceiling for this team. There's no way we're going to shock people into 30 wins. There's just no roadmap to it. We suck. Yeah, not to mention all the guys who are out who are probably going to continue missing games. They're going to be really careful careful with Fultz coming back. They're going to be very careful with Isaac coming back. Yeah. Carter's had heaps of issues staying on the floor. And then it's a bunch of young dudes. So, yeah, I think, like, I'd be surprised if they get 20. It could get Same ugly. as Detroit. I think I all mean, these teams gonna are going to be around 20. Yeah, you pick the three cellar dwellers to hang out, uh, Darcy. Um, it's not going to be well, a lot of wins in these three. It's the ping pong ball party, you know. We're, we've we've got optimism true, around true. the corner. Is that what boys. the uh, pod's called this week? <laughs> could be. Could be the this, the name of this bad boy. Yeah, I I think, yeah, Orlando. They're a team that's officially now have told themselves we are definitely rebuilding, and we've picked up so many young players. You just don't even know where to look. And if one of them hits this year, then then that's an absolute win. That's all we need. Uh, the, the problem is, like, I wish we could tank in a year where the number one pick wasn't going to be Chet Holmgren because I just think he looks like a Muppet and I don't see a guy that looks like that being successful. <laughs> this is the skinny, tall dude, right? Yeah. Going to Gonzaga. He's next year, though. Um, Victor uh, Wembanyama. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah. big, big French guy. That's what I would want to hang out and wait for because, like, awesome name, um, French dude, long shooter, whereas Chet Holmgren literally looks like Beaker from the Muppets. There's, there's no way he's going to be good. Well, maybe you get like on the unlucky in the lottery, and you get the number four or something. You don't get Chet, and then you suck again, and then you get, <laughs> and you get Victor. Now we're talking. Although I used to say this to myself every year when we got the fifth pick and got Mario Hazonia, it's like, oh, perfect, you know. Now we got Hazonia, and hopefully we'll be bad for another year, and then we'll be set. It's a slippery uh, slope. Another, another eight seed and a game one <laughs> win in the first round. Yeah, win game one and then get swept after that. Gentleman sweep. Maybe a guy like, um, if a guy like Poku starts to pop, then those, you know, those ridiculously freakishly long, uh, you know, draft picks that are incredibly raw when they come into the league, they might have a way to success. Some interesting parts from Poku last year. You're telling me uh, Chet should model his game on Poku? Yeah. should be watching bulk, bulk Poku tape. If anyone will be watching OKC this year, that's what they'll be watching it for. And Josh, and Josh Giddy, of course. I'm excited about Josh Who looked awesome. Do, yeah, do, right. good. 
Do we want to touch on some some guys in preseason that we like? Josh Giddy, I think it's it's pretty. I spoke about it in an earlier pod about how he, similar to the mellow ball, I wasn't convinced that he athletically would be good enough to get to the basket, but it looks like he's you know in good shape and he's got the quickness and the the kind of the size and the frame to get to the hoop and if he can knock down threes like he was in preseason, it, he might have a good rookie season. Yeah. It seems like he's got the a good the good change of pace and like he's kind of like offbeat a little bit, which can be hard to defend. So he's able to get to his spots without being elite athletically, which I think is a is a real gift. Yeah, I do. do the part that gave me the the bonus though was that left handed whip pass that he threw cross court to the corner in that game. Like that's a that's like signature. Yeah, but that's like a Luca Lebron Harden type pass, like Not the Manu Ginobili. Like wrong-handed, but but it, like he's not left-handed, so he's just whipped it with his off-hand off the dribble um, and Trying hit the shooter right in the pocket. Yeah, definitely confident, like confident-looking player. Mike, is there is there anyone else that you've you've noticed in in preseason who you particularly like? Um, watched and bet on a couple of Toronto Philly games last two days, and um, <laughs> some dubs. Uh, I liked um, Scotty Barnes showing that he 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 can play at the NBA level. But um, well, Orlando could have had him. Orlando could have yeah. had him. But uh, OG I, I couldn't Anobi, do that. Um, has been really solid. He's sort of taken the reins as I mean, as that guy. Yeah. I think um, he's been filling up the stat sheet, um, taking on guys one on one. His, two, his shooting's really improved. OG. Yeah, he's, really improved. He's, he's my be, most um, improved pick. Just quietly, yeah. if anyone wanted to chuck some money down on that. I think with. Um, I think with Siakam out for a little while longer, I think OG is going to be their guy um, to really fill him up. With, with Fred on the side, but I think OG is going to be the one that's filling up the stat sheet every, every night. Is, yeah, I think yeah. Fred will be their, their leading scorer. I think Fred will be 25 a game, but OG will just do kind of a bit of everything. I've got OG in my first team all defense preseason okay. picks. I think mm-hmm. he's defensively, like he's as good as it gets on the wing other than Simmons mm-hmm. really. Mm. And guard sort of guard one to four and switch. He's long. He can rebound. He's great. I think it's everything kind of pushes towards a potential Siakam trade, right? Because not only the yeah. the, the conflict between Nick Nurse and him at the end of last season, obviously the frustration with his growth not necessarily becoming a a superstar number one option for this team, and obviously they picked Scotty Barnes when they had Jalen Suggs on the board right there. That kind of sends a you know, sends a message that they want a small forward and OG Ananobi looks like as good a starting small forward or power forward as there is in the league. The way that he played last year, I thought was excellent. So interesting to see what might happen with Siakam. And because I definitely think there's, um, even even though the stock might be down a little bit, you could definitely get a good player for him in return. Yeah, I think um, when Nurse played Siakam at centre last year, that was kind of their best lineup. And I think if he'd be willing to start Siakam at centre, you're probably a little small, but I, I, I kind of like that idea. How, how dare you bench the banger? Are you trying to bench the banger? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone. <laughs> I, I just take that season from banger. He was in Tampa Bay. He just doesn't play well there. He, he'll prefer being back in. He's not a wall by the guy. He's, he's not out. a wall by the guy. <laughs> As if he's not a singlet and thongs guy. Dude, it's way too <laughs> it's way too muggy in Tampa. Uh <laughs> a good question for you guys. Are we, in general, too high on Chris Boucher or is he actually potentially like an all-star player in the future? Too high. That's a stretch, yeah. Way too stretch. high, man. Yeah, I think Nick, Nick Nurse is a is a really smart basketball guy and if he doesn't trust Boucher, then, you know, that's got to mean something. Um, like, he, as a shot blocker 
and a, a big guy who can stretch the floor, particularly from the corners. Like he's, he's really intriguing, but it seems like he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot. He's slow in his rotations on defense. You can't have him on the floor to finish games. Yeah, although he's long enough to sometimes recover, you know, sometimes against good teams, it's just not good enough to, to be in the wrong position or, or not make those rotations on defense. So I, I'm I'm kind of a, of the opinion that he's like a, an energy guy who stretches yeah. the floor for you off the bench, mm. some pick and pop situations and protects the rim for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. But I don't think he's he's a he's a starter for a title team. Well, it'll be interesting to see where, where Toronto end up because they're a team that was well out of playoff contention last year, missed the playing tournament and obviously got rid of their heart and soul in Kyle Larry ending up in Miami next year. So probably the big question mark for Toronto as well is what happens with, uh, with Dragic? Does he actually turn up and start to try to make this team competitive and fight for that kind of playing position? Or, you know, does Siakam potentially go out the door, Dragic potentially go out the door and this team start to trend towards the way of, you know, Orlando and um, Detroit? Uh, yeah, I, like Dragic is just, it's a coin flip with him. You just never know whether he's going to um, show up and give a shit or not. Like until he gets to playoff time, then he's an absolute monster. But <laughs> I mean, he like, it's, he showed up in the playoffs for Miami, but it's not like through the season he was that consistent. I can't imagine on a team with lower stakes that he's going to be trying harder. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think he's a guy with a lot of trade value for a team um, around the deadline who's looking for guard play. Off the bench, like I mentioned, Eric Gordon. It's like a similar situation to that, probably a higher level. You know um, what, Eric Gordon? If, <laughs> if, he, if, um, if Dragic went to, to Philly, for instance, who clearly mm. needs secondary ball handling, you know, I think that's probably a good spot for him um, coming off the bench. Do, do you think Daryl Morey's listening? Why the fuck are you selling Eric Gordon so hard to every other team? <laughs> The Mavs will take him, I think. The Mavs will take him. Dude, you can have him. Just give us a first-round pick. We haven't had one for a while. We used them all to get Luka Doncic. You might have heard of him. All right. I think that might wrap it up for us this afternoon, gents. Thank you so much for, for coming on and potting. Um, Hazy, f- first, thanks so much for coming on, brother. Um, You're welcome. We appreciate it. And Houston, they're, they're not going to be as good as Dallas this year, but they will be interesting to watch for sure. And we'll definitely get you back on to do some some more pods throughout the season, mate. Looking forward to it, man. Michael, thanks for coming on, buddy. We um, really appreciate it. And we'll definitely get you on to talk some 3x3 basketball because our fans out there, even though they love the NBA, we want to get them involved and and get them watching about the the different format of the game. Yeah, looking forward to it. Give me a call. Drew, Drew, you're the man. Thanks for coming on. Definitely appreciate all your knowledge. And you'll be a guy that we want to get back real soon as well. Yeah, man. If the people want to hear anything about the Orlando Magic, you know who to call. Let's hope you've also got some some dish on some we other got- teams as well. Nice. Bit of tumbleweed. That's not what I do. <laughs> Has anyone got 40 more minutes to jump, Suggs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fi- final word on Suggs? Uh, man, just, just look forward to it. It's the defensive stuff for me. Loves blocking shots. He had a game-winning block in the summer league. Just uh, keep an eye on him on the defensive end. Um, a bit of, bit of Dwayne Wade slash John Wall about him? A, a little bit, like a little bit of Dwayne Wade. Let's not go like all the way, but there's a just like a skerrick of Dwayne Wade there. Okay, I think we'll end on that note. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks everyone for for listening, and we'll we'll get with you soon. Cheers.